0: Nations Church Podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about something that I love. We're going to be talking about found people, find people. And there are so many of you here that you're really great at this. Um, You're just really great at this. I think of Nate Gromley over here. Um, I I think of Chelsea and the, the Lockneys. Man, you guys are fantastic at this. I think of the Myers. You guys are fantastic at this kind of stuff. And some of you, you get this. You get this heartbeat. But today I want to talk to you about why it's such a big deal as a church that not just some of us do this, but we as a church are about being the found that find. Because this this this, this nailed it. Larry said something there, and I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but that's okay. He said, I didn't even know I was looking for something until I found it. And I think there's a lot of people that that's where they are in life. And as a church, as as churches in general, if we're not careful, we as Foundations Church can start to become very inward focused. And what I mean by that is we're like we kind of look around and we like the size of the church, we like the people of the church, and it becomes kind of like our haven instead of a place where, man, there's other people that need this. They need to experience Jesus Christ here. They need to experience the community here. They need a chance to experience what you and I get a chance to experience every Sunday. And if we're not careful, church very easily can become about a collection of saints instead of a hospital for the the broken and the hurting and the sick. And church was never meant to be a country club, right? Church was never supposed to be about reaching a certain type of person church was all about being a place where the lost can become found. Um, That is it. That is my heartbeat as a pastor. One thing that I love, love, love about this church is that for the most part we get it. I mean we get this. We understand this and I really want to bring it back around to us because next week We have Friends Day that's happening here on Sunday. In this first two services, we will have donuts for service. For third service, if I can encourage anybody to come to third service, we will be having tacos for service. Um, You're like, are you for real? I'm dead serious. Um, But... And the whole purpose isn't just to sugar you up or to, give you or to give you tacos. It's, man, that we make a conscious effort to be the found that find. And I think, I really do, I think we can make next week as big as Easter. Why not? If we're really intentional about being found people that are finding people and bringing them to a message, a place where they can hear a message and meet a Savior, that can change their life. However, that's not always the case. And there's sometimes... We can get a little put off if if certain people start coming to the church. Um, Several years ago, we had a funeral here, and and, and the the request was really, really weird. Um, We had a request uh, if we could host a funeral at Saturday... At 10 a.m. Um, and that's really weird. It was the it was the Saturday right after Thanksgiving. So that timing is really just different to have a funeral at that time on that weekend. But um, here's why it happened is that the person whose funeral it was was a DJ at night trips just down the road. Um, and that's the only time all the strippers could come was 10 a.m. on a Saturday when they weren't working. And so I um, And so they were like, w- "What do you think? Wh- what's going on?" I'm like, "Yeah, we- we'll do it, absolutely." And so we had a lot of single guys that volunteered to greet that day. Um, <laughs> I'll greet. I'm in. Um, we didn't take up an offering because we didn't want a lot of glittered ones. Um, welcome to Foundation Church this is your first time here. We hope that you will come back. Some of you are like, is he really talking about strippers right now? I really am. Um, if I could call it strippers and Oreos, I could, but uh, for the sermon, but I don't have anything about Oreos today. But, um, but here's, here's the great thing. They came in here, and you know what? They weren't met with people that had signs saying turn or burn. They weren't met with people that were judgmental. In fact, um, some of the ladies decided that they wanted to say something, and we let them talk in the mic, and, and they said words, that they, they threw F-bombs, I'll just be real honest. Um, and, you know, I kind of snickered over on the side, I was like, you're not supposed to say that. Um, you know, <laughs> I haven't said that yet. Um, and so, I, 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 but, but here's what I loved, is I told the people who asked, I said, we will absolutely do it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach, because I don't know how many times that audience gets to come to church that will hear a message that can change their, their life. And so we got up and um, I, I preached a message and I gave an altar call and two of them raised their hand to experience Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And, and, and here's why I say this and here's why I'm taking time. That's really crazy, right? Like, like you're like, I'm not sure how I feel about that because it's not the norm that you've experienced that I've experienced in church, But we're called to be a place where the church stays messy, where where the church isn't this clean place. I'm not talking about our bathrooms right now, but I'm talking about people's lives. It's not to be a collection of saints where everybody knows everything and knows what the Bible says and knows the Sunday school answer, but nobody's living the Bible. It's supposed to be a place where lost people can come in and that their life can be drastically changed. But here's what I find out, is that parents, we're really good about fulfilling and and all about the Great Commission, and yes, let's go do it. Let's not let it be the great omission. Let's make sure it's the Great Commission until the Great Commission sits by your kid in kids' area on a Sunday morning. And there's your little innocent Susie sitting there, culling her a little picture of Jesus, having her little goldfish snack or whatever it may be. And then little Mikey, Mikey, anybody with a kid named Mikey, um, he's a cusser. Um, little Mikey <laughs> comes in, and he doesn't get the blue crown. He gets the green crown, and he throws a word out that he you don't want little Susie to hear. And you're like, well, I don't know. Maybe we need to find another church because my daughter's hearing stuff um in in the church that she hey we're not like wanting kids to cuss in the kids area but you know what we're okay if we can show jesus to that child too and and so there may need to be some correction that you do at home but let me say this and i I say this every once in a while um my kids aren't your kids example as pastor's kids my kids are going to screw up because i'm their dad um instant they're set back already Other people's kids aren't your kids' example. You are your kids' example. And if we're going to have the Great Commission, you know what? The Great Commission, parents of teenagers are going to come in on Wednesday nights. And teenagers do really stupid things, right? Do things they shouldn't do. And you're going to hear about it, right? Because they don't talk about the message, and everybody that got saved on Wednesday night, they're like, hey, Dad, this is what happened. And here's what's going to happen. And you as a parent are going to be like, I don't know if we need to keep going to that church. Not that anything's happened. Some of you are like, we're not taking our kids on Wednesday night because apparently people are doing drugs and getting pregnant. That's not (laughs) what I'm saying at all. But you went there. Um, We've got to be okay with the Great Commission coming in and sitting next to us. When it doesn't look like us, when it doesn't talk like us, when it doesn't act like us, because if not, we've become a museum of saints instead of a hospital for the sick. And and so the Bible says this, Mark chapter 12, verse 30 through 31 is going to be the main text for today. It says this, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. All throughout the New Testament, you, you read things. This is Jesus talking to love God and love others. Whether it is in the Gospels, whether it is in the letter uh, that, that Paul is writing to the different churches, whether it's First through Third John or 1 and 2 Peter, they're talking about, man, you you've got to you love God and you've got to love others. You've got to love God and you've got to love others others. And, and here's the, th- here's the true reality. When we really love others, we do crazy things for them. Right? Like, love does crazy things. And that's our, our first point today I want us to understand, is that when you really love someone, when you really love that person, you do crazy things and you don't even realize it's crazy. Why? Because it's Love, love, love does Crazy things if you don't believe me wait until that next couple gets engaged engagement moments have gone out of control as a society right now we've got videographers and photographers and it's like a wedding I'm like man is this a, a did you get married or did you get engaged like I'm like I'm confused right now um, all I know is us dads and daughters we're getting gypped on this because now we got to pay for a, an engagement party I'm like go celebrate yourself you're gonna pay for a wedding right like snowflakes. Anyways, um, <laughs> and, and so, but, but we do that. Why? Because love does crazy things. All, all the parents out there, all the moms out there, you love your kids and you do crazy things because you love your kids, right? Like, I have seen this play out so many times. Um, uh, it, it's football season, you'll see coaches all the time. They'll blow out one nostril and they'll blow stuff. I'm trying not to gross you out. And then they do the other side. Can I tell you, I tried that like twice and this thing is like a balloon that's letting air out. It just goes when I tried it, but it just got all over. I'm like, that's not me. That's not my, that's not my spiritual gifting apparently. Um, So I got to blow my nose um, on some tissue because otherwise it's just gross. Um, I'm like, how'd you do that? I'm like, man, It's like a kid not knowing how to whistle and listen to somebody else, like, whoa. Um, But moms, you may think, well, that's, men are disgusting. Let's time out this for a second. I'm getting ready to make every mom mad for a second. I have seen kids with runny noses. I'm talking runny noses. And I'm just going to let you know, as a dad, when my girls were little, if they had a runny nose, that nose was staying runny until I found some tissues. Until I found a gently used diaper, something. Um, that's not getting on, Dad. Moms, oh, it's a total another game. It's like you got one little ninja move. You, you flick it and flick it. I mean, you, wha <laughs> And I'm over there like, you got. To, I've seen moms like and move on. I'm like, no, 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 I saw that. You can, all you want, that's nasty. It's gross. Right, and all of us laughing, because you've seen moms do it, you have done it, right? And you, what, this is even grosser. I've seen dads do this. Your kid's got something on their mouth, and, you, and you've had coffee all morning, and now your kid smells like stink breath everywhere they're going. Because you took your slobber and wiped their face? Don't do that. Don't do that to you. No kid wants that. The reason they're moving their head isn't because <laughs> they don't like you. They don't like that. Why do we... <laughs> Some of you are like, why are you talking about this right now? Here's the deal. Why do we do this? Because love does crazy things. Right? And, and when we love people, we do things people that bring benefit to them we're we're willing to get a little bit outside of our comfort zone we're willing to talk about something that maybe other people aren't talking about because when you love people you're willing to do crazy things and we have a story about it in john chapter 1 verse 35 through 42 and it says this the next day john the baptist was there again with two of his disciples and when he saw jesus passing passing by he said look the lamb of god And when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. And it was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. And check out verse 41 and 42. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. What I love about this is nobody had to tell Andrew to go out and find his brother and bring him to meet Jesus. It was just something he did. Why? Because love does crazy things. Love's willing to look foolish. And, and this was a big risk. Right? This is a big deal. Because Andrew is declaring something that has yet to be revealed to the Jewish culture. Hey, we found the Messiah. We found the Christ. This is a huge deal because the Jewish culture has been waiting on this for thousands of years. And so when Andrew, not a biblical scholar... Goes to Simon Peter, who in the encounter when he meets Jesus, says, you know, depart me from me because I am a, a sinful man. When he goes and grabs his brother and says, hey, hey, bro. Like, this is the first bro moment. Hey, bro, we met the Messiah. We met the Christ. And what's his, he, he brings him to Jesus. He didn't go through a training on how to invite people to church. He didn't have a shirt that says, follow me to JC. He just went and found his brother and brought him to a place where he could meet Jesus Christ. And that one result, that that one action has resulted in in an absolute result that has affected the history of the church and the history of the world over and over and over, because Simon Peter was the founder of the church, I mean he was the one that I will build my church on you, and the gates of hell will not prevail against us and another in another uh, instant Simon, uh, Andrew went and they 've got five thousand people, and Jesus is like, "Hey, we need to feed these people because churches don't get together in really large groups without food, and so we got to feed these people and so he tells his disciples to find something. Andrew goes and finds this boy's fish and chips, right? It's like the first fish and chips ever. And so he brings him to Jesus. He's like, hey, Jesus, there's some fish and chips. And this boy's got to be like, are you kidding me? You're going to bully me and take my lunch. Um, you know, like I, I think this all the way through. Hey, kid, come here. Give me your basket of fish and chips. And so he takes it to Jesus. And here's what I love. Andrew understood this. He understood that if he can get somebody and all that they have into an encounter with Jesus Christ, Jesus makes everything better. Can I tell you, the same is true for you and me. You and I are called to be an Andrew to people that are out here. It's not that you have to have all the answers. It's not that you have to know how to slyly invite people. All you have to do is invite people where they can come and meet Jesus for themselves. And he does the changing because every person that Jesus touches and every person that encounters Jesus always makes their good life a better life. But you and I have to learn not just to love God, but to love one another. Because when we really love one another, love does crazy things. Here's the other thing I would tell you is this, is that love remembers to focus on the important things. Love remembers to focus on the important things. In other words, love doesn't forget. Um, I'm going to ask for some crowd participation here real quick. Um, I know I asked you guys to be quiet last week, not today. Um, Top three things every week that people have a tendency to forget. Anybody? You know any of the three? Just yell them out. Kids at school? school, No, that's a bad one. Um, (laughs) No, I'm just playing. (laughs) Cell phones. That's one. Keys is another? What day it is? Nope. Wallet. There you go. Top three right there. Keys, cell phone, and wallet. Top three things that people forget every week. Do you know what's funny, and this is true in my house, is that, sorry guys, 56% of guys rely on the lady to remember things. That is so true in our life. Um, For instance, I don't know where my wedding ring is right now. I lose it about once a month. Always find it. Um, always do. And some of you are like, how can you forget it? That's important, right? How can you forget your keys? That's important, right? How can you forget where your wallet is? You need your wallet. It, it's, it, I, I have a tendency to forget things in my life or put things and forget where I put them. That, that's me. That's your pastor. That's some of you. Some of you relate to that. You're like, yeah, 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 I, I get that. But hear me. When it comes to what we're really talking about, love doesn't forget the important stuff. The other day, Casey was taking Chloe to my youngest to school. As they pull up, um, Chloe she's like, "Okay, get your lunch." you know, do you, have your, do you have your homework? Do you have all this stuff? And Chloe's like, yeah, 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 yeah. She's got a lunch. She's getting her backpack. She's got a grown book in it. I've got a homework in it. Um, we're, we're in seventh grade. You know, everything's, uh, she's going, and Chloe gets ready to get out of the car, and she looks at Casey and goes, mom, I forgot my shoes. <laughs> what the heck? Like, And Casey's like, you mean like your gym shoes? And she's like, no, no, mom, my, my shoe shoes, like to wear. And she's like, how do you, how, how, just how? Like, and Casey's like, she gets that from you. I'm like, no, 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 no. I remember my shoes. Now, I may not remember my wedding ring, but I remember my shoes, right? Like, that's pretty crucial. That's pretty important, And here's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, after his encounter with Zacchaeus, who's a tax collector, who's probably the most hated man in Israel that was a Jew. Everybody gets mad, and Jesus says this in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. It says, the Son of Man came to find lost people and save them. This is it. This is his mission. This is his purpose. And this is crucially important to why he came. And it's a good thing for you and me. And as a church, his mission has to be our mission. As a church, we cannot forget the important things. Because what I'm convinced is this, it's not that we don't want to, that we're opposed to inviting people to come to where their life can be changed because they can encounter Jesus at a place, that they can find community, they can worship, like Karen said, and, and find a family that, man, as Brittany said, man, that, that you never know who's just waiting for you to ask. It's just that we get distracted and we forget. But hear me, as followers of Christ, love doesn't forget the important things. Love doesn't get sidetracked. I was talking to my my daughters about this this week. I said, you know, how are you using your influence You've got friends, you've got relationships at school, you know, God's put you in in this position. How how are you using your influence? Because it's got to be bigger, and it's got to point to something bigger than yourself. It's got to involve something more than just you trying to be cool and you trying to fit in. It's got to point people to Jesus even at this stage. And can I? same question goes for us as adults. How are you using the influence God has given you? the relationships he's put in in your path, in your life. Because here's the deal. We can talk about all kinds of things. Guys, we can get caught up in fantasy football, and we can talk about football, and we can talk about college football and pro football. We can talk about MMA. Ladies, we can talk about our kids. We can talk about shopping. We can talk about football. We can talk about basketball. I'm not trying to be sexist here, so I'm covering all my bases. Talking about the sports. Ladies, you can talk about sports too, okay? But here's the deal. We can talk about all this stuff, but forget what's crucial and as followers of Christ Jesus saying this man it's not just about loving God it's about loving others and love does crazy things and love doesn't forget the important things and what's really important isn't just this life on this earth it's eternal life where you're going to spend it and you and I we have a responsibility as followers of Christ to get a little uncomfortable, to go and ask people, to be an Andrew, to go ask people if they want to come to a place where they can meet a Savior named Jesus Christ who could change their life. And we can't get distracted about it. We can't get distracted from it because here's the reality we only get one shot at this life, right? We only get one chance. At this life. So the question is, how are you doing and how are you living out that purpose? How are you using your influence to love others and to draw them to something way bigger than you, but to a Savior? Third thing is this love helps others to get well. Love helps others to get well. Love does crazy things, love remembers the important things, doesn't forget, and love helps others to get well when we had kids I thought I will never clean up puke it's not gonna happen it's not gonna ever occur my kids will always make it to the bathroom and throw up in the toilet and then we had two of them get sick at the same time and this was the picture that I took as a responsible father Um, (laughs) the oldest got the toilet she's like she always gets the better things I'm like Chloe here's a bucket right like I don't know if you want to call a toilet better than a bucket, but anyways, um, and and then here's who really cleans up at our house, Um, the wife, and some of you are like, how dare you? I cleaned up. I just had my cell phone. was taking pictures of everything because there's nothing else we can do, right? Like this is real life. This is is how life is spent. This is what kids really looks like, having kids. So you may think, baby, it's going to spit up on you and it's going to poop on you before it's all said and done. Here's the deal. You know what, when our kids are sick, when Casey's sick, I'm not worried about them making me sick as much as I am concerned about making them well. Why? Because I love them. And, and the same is true about us as followers of Christ. It's not about how are they going to rub off, and, and you've got to be careful who you hang out with. Bad company corrupts good character. There's balance to this whole thing. But it's not about how are the loss going to affect the church, how are they going to affect my family. No, no, no. Love, when, when we really love one another, it's about helping them get well. Helping them get to a better place. Mark chapter 2, verse 13 through 17, then Jesus went out to the lakeshore again and taught the crowds that were coming to them. And as he walked along, he saw Levi, who is Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is Matthew, Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and followed him. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There were many, uh, many people of this kind among Jesus' followers, and I'm like, yeah, that's it, right? That's the goal, is that we have a bunch of, I, I hope we can just call you guys a bunch of disreputable characters that come into this church. Um, But when the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? And when Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come not to call those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. I've got it close because I know we've got uh, communion. Came not to call the healthy but the sick. Not those who think they're righteous, but those who know they have messed up. If you go to an urgent care, um, if you go to a hospital ER room in the waiting area there, when you walk in, there's going to be a bunch of sick people, right? You don't go in. (laughs) Maybe you do. Don't. Um, At least don't wear a foundation shirt while you're doing this. Uh, You don't go in and just lice all people down while they're in the urgent care like, you're gross, you're gross, I'm not catching you. You know, I mean, I understand you're trying not to touch everything because you're like, I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get sick. However, um, you're there with your kid, with your loved one. You bring them to a place where they can get better. And, And you don't shame people for coming in because they're sick. And the church can't shame people for coming in broken and lost because this is the very place they need to be. And you and I, our responsibility is to love those who aren't well and help them get well. Love those who, man, who don't, who think they have messed up too much and don't deserve a second chance to show them a a savior named Jesus Christ who doesn't stop at second chances but just keeps going. When you go to a hospital, you get a hospital bracelet. This is not a all-you-can-ride fair pass, um, just so you know. Um, This is a hospital-type bracelet. And when you go, you get A bracelet with your name on it and kind of what's going on what kind of symptoms are happening and they write your name on it and they write the treatment and then they don't take this off of you until you get better right until you've seen a physician that makes you better and then they take the bracelet off and here's why we're handing these out today is my goal my hope my heart is that you would take this bracelet today And you would write somebody's name down that you know needs to get well. That you know needs to encounter Jesus Christ and their life be changed. As your pastor, I've got somebody and I've been texting and calling and I get nothing back. I mean, they are ghosting me like insane. Like there's no response. And Casey's like, um, you're kind of harassing them right now. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna harass them. I'm gonna harass until they say, no, I'm going to keep asking and keep t- I'm, I'm not even inviting them to church. I'm just like, bro, let's talk, right? Let's let's look into each other's eyes and fall in love all over again, buddy. I mean, let's let's go have coffee. Let's do here's the deal: it doesn't become easy for me just because I'm a pastor, right? But I understand as a pastor, I've got people, I've got a person, especially right now, whose name I've written on a bracelet and I'm not taking it off and I'm not throwing it away until they come and meet a great physician who makes them well. And that's the goal. Here's the thing, is that all of us are called to love one another because love does crazy things. Love doesn't forget the important things and love helps others get well my prayer is this, is that you would pray and you would seek God and say, who can I help meet Jesus so they can meet the great physician and get well? So I want you to pray about it. Don't don't leave this in your seat today, but I want you to write a name on it. Maybe you put it around your wrist, maybe you don't. Maybe you put it on your car dash, maybe you put it on your mirror in the mornings. But we have somebody that we should be the found that are finding and bringing people to a place where they can meet Jesus, where their life can be changed forever. That's a church you and I are called to be. Let's go love people and do crazy things. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for the story we saw on the video of the effect one family can have on the others, and how it creates this ripple effect through the body of Christ. I'm convinced that's the way the church is supposed to look. You called us, your mission, Luke 19.10, to come find lost people and save them. Lord, I pray that your mission and your purpose would be our mission and our purpose. And that, Lord, we wouldn't get distracted. Lord, because this is, this is a big deal. Lord, we wouldn't get distracted chasing after all these other things that you never called us to achieve in the first place. Never called our life to be about in the first place. But, Lord, I pray the very thing you've called us to be about as followers of Christ, of loving you and loving others, we would be passionate about. We'd be passionate about People, the hurting, the lost, those who need you. And Lord, you use us to reach them and to bring them to a place where they're welcomed and they're loved and they get to meet a Savior that changes everything. So, Lord, I I pray today that this wouldn't just be a message we hear, but Lord, it'd be a message we apply. Lord, that we would be the hands and feet of Jesus to a world that needs you. So God, speak to our hearts. And don't let us forget the important thing. But let us love like crazy. And let us be willing to do the uncomfortable thing. And let us be the found, the find. In Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed. This morning if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here. And I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We want to give you a chance to change that. Day, you may be here and you say, I'm here and I'm just not where I should be in my relationship with Jesus Christ and I need to recommit my life to him. Just a second, I'm going to count to three and we're just going to invite you to raise your hand and we're going to lead you in a prayer to change your life. here's, Here's the deal about this. Whether you're watching at home online or you're here in person, The only person that can decide this for you is you. The only person that knows where you really are and not where you're pretending to be is you. And the only way this gets better is if you decide to take a step this morning, this moment. And I believe life is made of of, of big, small moments all along the way. And for some of you, this is a small moment that has a big impact on your life. So don't miss us. Don't, don't skip over it because you're nervous. We're not going to embarrass you. This is nothing to be embarrassed about, but to be excited that there's a change that is happening in your life in just a moment. If that's you, when I count to three, I want you to just raise your hand. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. There's one hand. Is there anyone else? There's two hands. Is there anyone else? You join these two hands that are lifted. I see that. Is there any other hands? You say, that's me. There's three individuals. You say, Justin, man, that's me. And there's a change that needs to happen in my life, and you would join these three hands. Is there a lift across this place? Yeah, there's four. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? Yeah, I see you in the back. Is there anyone else? There's five. There's one more. Anyone else? Six hands. Anyone else? Six individuals. Is there anyone else before we go any further? I see you over there on the side. Is there anyone else? You join these seven hands that are lifted before we go any further. This is, this is your moment right now. Is there anyone else before we go any further? If you raise your hand, man, if you'd please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. I confess that I've sinned, that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn from the life that I was living I repent of it, and I turn to the life you have for me. I turn to you, God, and I grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray.